Welcome to a special edition of Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski at growingingrace.org. To celebrate the occasion of our 400th podcast, we've put together three bonus podcasts featuring gig bites from the last 100 podcasts. You know, those little highlights that we put up on the webpage each week along with each podcast. Well, here's gig bite bonus part one. These are game changers, things that change everything. You've believed things a certain way all your life, all your Christian life or for a certain period of time. And then all of a sudden, the lights go on, and you see things fresh, and you see things anew. So we're going to be talking about some of those things that really make all the difference in the world when it comes to understanding the gospel and, and God's grace. Then under the new covenant, as Paul looked back at the cross and the finished work of Christ, he said, because you are now forgiven, something that's already done, you are now forgiven by God, it's already happened, now you can forgive others. Forgive others because you're forgiven, not to get forgiven. To me, I found out that grace is the essence of life in Christ. Nothing that happens in our life in Christ happens apart from God's grace. And when I realized that, it made all the difference in the world to me because that made me realize that I am completely 100% dependent upon God's grace. As you said, Joel, Rahab the harlot, I mean, even identifying her that way tells you something. Uh, but she's in the Hall of Faith. David the murderer, the adulterer, Moses the murderer, and the list goes on. And, and these are just some of the people that, you know, that what they did didn't necessarily affect faith. And, and who they really were. We start off maybe confidently trusting in the grace of God and in His life and the wonder of who He is and the new creation that He's made us to be. And then we mess up, we find ourselves slipping or falling in some way, and all of a sudden our life becomes focused on sin, 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 instead of focusing on the identity that we have in Christ, the true identity that we have the goodness of God and everything good that he's given us. He didn't just say that the animal sacrificial laws gave birth to bondage. He didn't just say that the dietary laws gave birth to bondage. He specifically pointed out the moral laws written on stone gave birth to bondage. These were the things I'd never, never heard of throughout most of my Christian life. You see the difference there between the ministry of the law which is the ministry of death and condemnation, and the ministry of Christ, the ministry of reconciliation, where sins were no longer imputed to people. The law imputed sin to people, and Christ came along, and sins were no longer imputed to people. Big difference there. Big game changer for me, Kev. I'd been told most of my life the Bible was an instruction manual, and that we, we live by the Bible, the phrase you just used a minute ago, when technically, and you know if you've been listening to us for a while, we're pro-Bible. So don't, don't go jumping off on us here thinking that we're getting wacko. We, we like the Bible. It's just we don't necessarily live by the words in the Bible. We live by the, the life of Christ. Jesus didn't come to start a religion. I don't believe that God designed us for religion. He designed us for life. He designed us to participate in his life, to be joined together with him, not in religion, but in life. And there's a big difference between life and religion. 
I can't learn how to love somebody the way God does until I can understand at least somewhat his love for me. Once I begin to understand what his true love for me is, then I can in turn release that to others. I can't experience the blessing of his righteousness until I learn and understand that he has made me righteous. It's hard for me to live in that if I don't have knowledge of it. There is a foundation that's missing if we think that the goal of the Christian life is our outward behavior. That's not the goal of the Christian life. The goal really is to know Christ. It's to know more and more the grace the love so that we know him you know the, jesus said this is eternal life that they know you the father and that they know the son who you sent that's what eternal life is that's what this life is about if you and i were to go out and work and sweat and if we needed a change of clothes we would change our clothes so that you know we would try to clean ourselves up and look better smell better all of that but eventually you get dirty again and you need to be changed again and that's not what Christianity is about. That's a little bit more about like what the Old Covenant was about before Christ, but not under the New because God didn't change you as a believer. He recreated you. The whole idea is we want to live by grace. We want to know Christ alone. You know, Christ and Him crucified. We're dead to the law. We're dead to our old self in Adam, and, and we have this new life in Christ, but yet all this other stuff is thrown in there, and it's hard to deconstruct that in order to build up a proper foundation. I think we ought to just put something on there that just says good news, big and bold. Because the Holy Bible, Holy Bible, it scares people. And even Christians sometimes, all they see, again, not understanding who they are in Christ, don't know their identity very well, all they see is how they're falling short all the time, how they're not able to live up to the expectations. So they're looking at the scriptures in the wrong way in Galatians where Paul made the case for freedom from the law but then he went on in Galatians to say don't let this freedom this newfound liberty in Christ even though you are free don't use it as an opportunity for the flesh so he would constantly exhort believers to you know reflect outwardly who they are in Christ but not by our own self-effort simply trusting in the the life of Christ that already lives in us not believing in hell or even believing in hell is not the gospel and that's why over the last six years or so on, on growing in grace on this podcast you and i have stayed focused on what we can know about this good news and the uh, revelation of god's righteousness the gospel isn't not believing in hell or believing in hell go back in your thinking to the cross and realize that what happened on the cross Jesus became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. That's what happened on the cross. Our sin was taken away and we were given the gift by God. It's a gift of God's very own righteousness. People end up, you know, shying away from the message or being turned off by the message that they hear and what they think they're doing is rejecting Christ or rejecting the message of the gospel, but really, they're not really rejecting Christ. They're not really rejecting the gospel. They're rejecting what the gospel has been presented as, or what Christ has been presented as. The law in and of itself isn't evil. 
but it was against us. It's contrary to us. And that's why Paul said in numerous places in his writings in the New Testament that we are now freed from the law, all of it, and that we are dead to the law. Now, why would I want to try to hook up back into relationship with something that I'm dead to and freed from? Never mind living by them. I can't even name them. And I don't believe that I am alone in this. I think that most Christians who would say we need to live by the law, I would bet that most of them don't even have a clue what the actual Ten Commandments actually say. And if if you were to actually read it to them verbatim and ask them if they keep that, I would think that most people would not be able to say that they do that. Paul and and the Jewish believers and Jewish leaders who who claimed Christ as Savior, uh, they had some disagreements on some things. And, And a big part of that disagreement was, first of all, Gentiles, could they be saved, number one, some people wondered that. Uh, that eventually got settled, that they could be saved. And then the, the next question to come along was, should the Gentiles, non-Jews, should they keep the law? Paul said that Jesus was born of a woman, born under the law. He was an old covenant prophet. The new covenant hadn't started yet. And he would often, as God intended for the law to be from the beginning of time, he would often put the law in front of people even lift up the law to show people that they would not be able to meet the standard that was going to be required in order for them to have eternal life. It was very important that Jesus was born. If he hadn't been born as a man, he couldn't have died as a man. But all of his teachings and everything would mean absolutely nothing. They they would just simply be teachings (laughs) if they didn't lead up to something. And what they really led up to was the death of Jesus Christ. And so with his death, this new covenant came into being. It's important to understand the old covenant and the new covenant are two totally, completely separate things. They they are not to be mixed together. The new covenant is not a continuation of the old. It's not, if you've been to some movies, it's not Old Covenant Part 2. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a brand new covenant. We get to have the privilege of knowing God's love and at the same time reciprocating that love over a period of time, over the course of our lifetime and growing in it, rather than it being this set-in-stone commandment that we must follow. There's a huge difference there, and, and there's a lot of freedom there, too. In Him, we have redemption, we have freedom, we've been released through His blood. See, He he used His blood to redeem us, to, to pay the price, the ransom. And so we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. This is something that we already have. This whole cross thing, the whole shedding of blood, of the blood of Jesus Christ, He did it because He wanted to do it. He wanted to do it for you. He so loved you. He wanted to forgive you. He wanted to make you free. He wanted to cancel your debt because he knew that you couldn't do it. The blood of Jesus Christ is his way of making things right again, no matter what depths you've sunk to in your life. You were dead, and now you've been made alive. It's not that you were bad, and you've ceased from being bad or doing bad things, or at least not as many. It's not that you've gone from that to trying to be good. 
It's that you've gone from death to life. Uh, death from sin to life in Christ. What we needed was not the blood of bulls and goats, was not continually asking God for forgiveness, but a perfect sacrifice was needed that could put an end to all sacrifices. And Cap, that sacrifice was the, the one perfect sacrifice of Christ. Don't think of God as this harsh taskmaster like I think a lot of people think of it. They, I think a lot of people kind of cower from God, or at least they, they don't want to face him face to face because they're afraid that he's angry with them or that he's got something against them. But your slate of everything that was against you was wiped clean and taken away. And God's grace and his love for you, it's so far greater than what we could ever imagine. So you got people always striving and, and working and, and straining to try to attain to something that in reality God has already provided for us. So that's what makes the gospel such good news. Uh, instead of trying to attain, trying to achieve, trying to possess, we find out through the, the, the gospel and, and the, the writings of the New Testament, the New Covenant, that these things have already been given to us. Forgiveness is one of them, and that was a big one for me. The one thing that the law couldn't do was it could not give life and it could not give righteousness. It could not make man perfect. God's will for mankind was that we would have righteousness, was that we would have life. The law could never do that, but what the law could not do, God did by the sending of his son, Jesus Christ. I don't think that we need to be stressing ourselves out about this specific will that God has for our lives because that will, as Cap was just talking about, has, has already been fulfilled because the will of God for us is Christ Jesus. It's God's will that we are in Christ Jesus, and that's what he did for us. It's not about the moral code. It's not about trying to live right. When, when people are approaching this Christian life from that perspective, then we miss the point of the gospel. I'm not trying to uh, live up to a standard that is supposed to be handed down to me because I'm a Christian. I may be living out of the life that God has given me, and out of that, good things may come out of it, because I'm living by faith in the one who died for me. Now, we do do things. You know, there's stuff that we do in this life, but is our primary focus in life, did God create us so that we could be a bunch of doers for him? Or did he create us so that we could be and so that we could enjoy him and each other and, and this life? And uh, some really great things can flow out of that. Raised up together, made alive together, made to sit together, crowned with glory and honor. Remember what honor means? A value by which the price is fixed. There's no inflation, there's no deflation. You are valued at, at the highest possible price that will never change. And it has nothing, nothing to do with your performance, how well you think you're living the Christian life, and it doesn't have anything to do with your failures either.